Now, from the Mousecapade Studios, here are your hosts. Happy Friday, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with my fellow Your Story travel guides, Stephanie and Sarah. We hope and pray that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 617, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Before we get started, we'd like to remind you that Mousecapades podcast is a part of Your Story Travel Company. At Your Story Travel Company, we can plan a magical trip for you on just about any budget. Simply go to yourstorytravel.com and then click on the agents list. You could choose Vicki, Sarah, or myself, Stephanie, to help you plan your magical vacation. It only takes a $200 refundable deposit to hold your reservation, so please contact us today for that free quote. So listeners, today we are continuing our series of Walt Disney World Resort Reviews in hopes that it may help you decide which resort might be best suited for you and your family on your next trip to the most magical place on earth. Choosing a place for lodging can be very overwhelming and a confusing decision, so we hope this series of resort reviews helps cut through some of that confusion and brings more clarity to your decision. In our last series, installment a few weeks ago, Vicki and Gina gave you the scoop on the Boardwalk Inn and the Contemporary. Both of those are deluxe resorts, and today we have another deluxe resort to review. Vicki, go ahead with the big reveal and share which one we have planned for today. So for installment number three, we are going to be talking about the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. And I know that in the past, we've been doing a couple resorts at a time. However, ladies, this one has a lot of stuff. And I think that it's because this resort is so amazing. And Stephanie is going to be blessed to be able to stay in this one not too long from now. Do you know how many your day count is? I don't. I don't have a count yet. I think I need to get one. October. In October. It'll be here before... Yeah, it'll be here before we know it. So we plan to hit some main highlights and address burning questions that you might have about this resort. Uh, one of these might just be the one for you, so we don't know. And since there are three of us hosting today, uh, some of the views have been constructed in a question answer format to kind of change it up and make it a little bit more exciting for you and for us. So we also might be chiming in along the way with our own perspectives and experiences. And that is because I don't think any of us have stayed at the Grand Floridian at this point, correct? Correct. I have not. But we've both been there to eat. I've been there to eat. I've been inside, but I have not stayed there. So we'll have things to add in along the way, but um, hopefully you'll have a better of a picture of the Grand Floridian when we're done. And Steph, you'll be really excited to go on her trip in October when we get done. So Steph, why don't you kick us off with the introduction of this amazing resort that's right by Magic Kingdom? Okay, so the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa has a great location, like Vicki just said, because the very next stop on the monorail past Grand Floridian is, you guessed it, Magic Kingdom. You are right there. It's so convenient. And ordinarily, you'd be able to easily get to Epcot via the monorail as well from this resort. But of course, right now, due to current construction, you're temporarily limited to bus for that. There's several amazing restaurants and fantastic food to choose from at the Grand Floridian. It's a luxury resort with immersive deluxe amenities such as spa, the Bibbidi Boppity Boutique, and even a pianist in the lobby. Super fancy. So, Sarah, some may ask the question, what sets the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa apart from other Disney resorts? Can you give us some insight on that? Absolutely. 
So for starters, it is a very highly rated resort and has been voted one of the top 50 resorts in the world. Not just the US people of the world. It's a 900 room facility located on the shores of Seven Seas Lagoon and is directly southwest of Magic Kingdom. It occupies 40 acres and is styled in a turn of the century Victorian theme. The red and white structure features gabled roofs and five, a five-story grand lobby topped with a stained glass ceiling and chandeliers. The atmosphere is elegant, but in a Disney way, so it's not overbearing. It opened in August of 1988 as Walt Disney World's fifth resort hotel and is considered the flagship of all Walt Disney World resorts. It's also the one, I wanted to say this, it, it's, one of, it's the one that we see most commonly in the Disney World commercials. I don't know if people realize that when you see like Cinderella running down the stairs like she's losing her glass flipper, that is usually where they choose to do it. And it makes sense because she was in a grand ballroom when she ran away and her slipper fell off. So given what Vicky just said, someone might be thinking to themselves, this seems like a ultra nice resort. Well, I feel out of place. So what do you think, Vicky? Uh, it may seem that way, but it's not really. Um, I know we talked about that. Um, I was trying to think. It might have been with Gina that I talked about it. The Boardwalk Resort kind of makes me feel more like I'm out of place than this one does. Um, so if you are into ultra luxury, there's plenty here for you for sure. My friend's mother, if she ever gets the opportunity, that's where she wants to stay. It's very Victorian. So if you're really into that, I would say that you would love this resort, but it's still Disney. So there's not really a dress code. There's really only one resort that has our one restaurant in the on property that I even know had a dress code. And I'm not sure they're even abiding to that right now because of COVID. We're just like, everybody do what you gotta do. But no, you do not have to feel out of place at all. You will see people just because I really think it's the older generation and, and, I, and I'm not doing that. So if there's any people listening, please don't take what I'm saying. But I do realize like going to church on Sundays, it's become more relaxed and stuff. I think it's the same way at this, when you go to Disney's Grand Floridian, you'll see older people just dressed up because that's what they think they're supposed to do. That's how they were raised. Where, where our generations and the generations after me are a little bit more lax, if that makes any sense. Plus you're on vacation. So even though it looks like this beautiful Victorian resort, that does not mean that you have to wear a suit and tie to walk to the beach or to the pool. So as far as I know, there is no dress code. I know you can go visit there with no dress code. I know you can eat at 1900 Fair with no dress code. And I know you can eat at uh, Grand Floridian Cafe, which we are gonna talk more about later on in this episode. So another big question that comes up about this resort are the room prices stuff. Can you give us the scoop on that? Well, given that this is a deluxe resort hotel, its prices are actually among the most expensive offered at Disney. Rates vary by season and also, of course, by the day of the week. The holiday season is the most expensive time of the year. It runs from mid-December to early January, as well as during Easter week. So if you're going during that time, you're going to pay quite a bit more. Prices for the lower end rooms start somewhere around $640 for the garden view rooms, but they can go as high as $4,300 for the high end deluxe suite. That's a night, folks. Yeah, depending on when you're going, 
in if you're going in December around Christmas time, you're gonna get gingerbread houses that are life size, and at Easter you're gonna get giant Easter eggs that are carved out of chocolate, and that's some stuff that you're just not gonna see at other resorts. Um, so think of you know think of those things and think of the price. They all kind of go hand in hand, and they also have a new walkway that goes from the Grand Floridian to Magic Kingdom along with the monorail. So those are all big perks that you don't get at other resorts. Very true. So Sarah, there's also numerous options when it comes to those room views, which make that price kind of fluctuate. Um, there's a lot to unpack in this topic. So would you give us an overview? Absolutely. So generally the room views are broken down as follows. You have a garden view that features balconies overlooking the landscaped gardens, or you have the pool slash marina view, which features balconies with views of the courtyard pool or of the marina off Seven Seas Lagoon. There's also the lagoon view, which features a water view of Seven Seas Lagoon, but may or may not include a view of Magic Kingdom. And the main building, which features some Magic Kingdom view rooms, and these rooms also include the jacuzzi honeymoon rooms, for example. There's also standard rooms, dormer or attic rooms and lodge tower rooms. So we have a lot to choose from here. Standard and dormer rooms have the same furnishings and features. The dormer rooms are actually a bit smaller than standard rooms, but they seem larger because they have a vaulted ceiling. Standard rooms sleep five, whereas dormer rooms only sleep four. So that could be important when you're booking depending on the size of your party. Dormer rooms are the only ones to feature a private balcony, and those balconies are about half the size of a regular room. So that's a fairly large balcony, I feel like. Standard rooms have balconies, but they are not private. That's interesting. From the outside of the resort, you can easily distinguish between a standard and a dormer room because rooms on lower floors have wide balconies. Those are the standard rooms. Rooms on the upper floors have balconies under peaked portions of the roof. Those are the dormer rooms. Lodge tower rooms are located in the semicircular protrusions you can see on the outside of some buildings. They include all features of a standard room, but with the addition of a separate sitting area and additional furniture, including TV and phone. They have views out of five windows as well as a separate balcony. So that is a lot of information about the room types. So hopefully that gives you an idea of everything you have to choose from. In what room are you staying in, Stephanie? <laughs> oh, we're definitely doing a standard garden view room. <laughs> Whatever was cheapest, that was that was what we were doing. I still think it's going to be magical. It doesn't matter. Anytime you stay anywhere on Disney property, it is. Yes. And, you know, if they don't bring back fireworks, we might rethink and choose a different location. But a big perk, which I'm sure we'll get to, um, of staying at Grand Floridian is you at the resort, now not from our room, but at the resort, you can see the fireworks. Right. And so with young kids who aren't gonna make it up every single night of the week to see fireworks um, at the park, because then you have to get back from the park, we can at least see the fireworks from our from our hotel. Right. Or if you can get them to stay up late enough, you can do the electrical water pageant. Yes, see? That's another perk of those monorail resorts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Guests also have some very specific rooms about room views, which you were just talking about, Stephanie, specifically with this resort. Vicki, can you share some of the specific questions 
and our best shot at answering them. Yes, because I don't know that we always know all the answers, but it's good to have some overview. So which rooms have the best Magic Kingdom view? And that's a hard thing to say anyway to start with because my idea of a best view may not be the same as the next person's idea of a it's best subjective. View. Yes, it is very. So the majority of the rooms are located in Boca Chica. That's the area that it is. And be advised that you will have to reserve and pay a premium for this theme park view. Even still, it's pretty magical to hear, to have a view of the Magic Kingdom, so it might be worth it if that's super important to you. So I'm envisioning that you can see the full on castle. So it must be a higher up room, I would say, if you have that spe uh, spectacular of a view. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, another question people want to know is which rooms are the quietest? Guests attending conventions at the Grand Floridian are often put in the Sago Key Lodge since it's the closest to the convention center. It's often only adults that occupy those rooms. That's also where they had the basketball players, if I'm not mistaken, when they were there. And on the other hand, guests with children request the Big Pine Key Lodge as it's closest to the pools and the beach. So it tends to be louder which is interesting because I was just watching a um, vlog, which I know you guys are shocked about. <laughs> they, the one lady was saying, if you have small children, you might not want to have a room near the pool because if you're gonna try to put them for a nap, you'd be surprised how loud it is yes. because they have what I call the cruise directors. They're just Disney cast members, but I call them the cruise directors because they have all these activities for kids in the afternoon at the pool and so, they're on their microphone and sometimes dance parties and games and stuff that could keep your three-year-old awake if yes. you're trying to do well, maybe they're saying if you have kids like nine-year-olds who are going to want to do that kind of stuff maybe then you want to stay close to the pool like we just ask closest to monorail we want as, as little bit of a as little of a walk as we can like just get us straight to the parks I don't blame yeah, you. Yeah, there's a lot to consider whether, you know, you're just, just deciding on view. You have to think about, do you want to be close to transportation? Do you want to be in the quietest place? You know, and some, I remember when my kids were napping still, we stayed at the Polynesian and I was, I wanted a room as far away from the pool as possible because I knew that it would keep them awake. So you really have to take your, your, your priorities and make sure you're picking what's gonna work best for your family. Which is why we thought this would be a good series because there are people that have so many questions, especially if it's gonna be their only time going. We are all blessed and get to go more than one time. So we wanna make it the most magical experience for anybody. There is also a lagoon view or a pool view. The lagoon views are usually thought of as the best. They offer the views of the Magic Kingdom or the Seven Seas Lagoon. However, the pool views and the garden views are sometimes just as good. Um, views of just the other buildings in the complex are actually very nice. People watching is at a premium and the architecture and landscaping of those views sometimes fit it better than the overall Grand Floridian resort and spa atmosphere. Another question that people have is, it's their honeymoon. What's the difference between the octagon and the jacuzzi um, honeymoon rooms? Which is a good question because I don't know that I knew this one. Octagon rooms do not have a balcony or a jacuzzi tub. However, this room is much bigger than the jacuzzi room, which has a wet bar and has windows almost all the way around, providing a great view. The jacuzzi rooms do have a balcony and a jacuzzi tub, but they don't have a wet bar or a walk-in closet. Jacuzzi rooms are also located on part of the second floor with no through traffic, and it provides a quieter atmosphere. Both rooms include all concierge benefits. So 
obviously you have to, again, pick what's gonna work for you. What are you looking for in your honeymoon? Are you wanting it to be quiet? Or do you care if it's a little noisy, but you get to have a jacuzzi? I mean, it's just crazy. You think about all this stuff. So Stephanie, there has been a lot of questions. Um, can you tell us what's on the third, fourth, and fifth floors of the main building and how can one get to those? Yeah, I got the 411 there for you. Well, that's where the concierge rooms and about half of the suites are located. Concierge desks on the third floor offer very personalized services um, that are only for guests occupying rooms on these floors. A lounge on the fourth floor is the spot for the continental breakfasts and evening refreshments, once again, only for those guests on these floors. Unless you're staying in one of these special rooms, you cannot get to the third, fourth, or fifth floors of the main building. Access is by private elevator only. The Sugarloaf building also offers full concierge service. That's interesting because I didn't even know. See, this is so good we're doing this. Didn't even know there's a Sugarloaf building, right? Right. I want to say these names don't sound very Victorian to me. I know. <laughs> that is true. But I didn't even know that anywhere offered a continental breakfast or refreshments. So that's very cool to know. Are they club level rooms? Or is this something different? It sounds like they are. Yeah, I mean, if you can only get there, if you're staying on those floors, like it's like a secret, there's secrets, <laughs> secret floors. It's like Club 33 at the Grand Floridian. <laughs> Here, let's focus on things like romantic theme or kid-friendly environment activities. Uh, what would be the suggestion for those? So you may be wondering about your options if you're looking for some quiet romantic time. Is that even possible at this resort? After all, it is Disney World, and so children will be out and about. But it's absolutely doable with regards to romantic dining, Victorian Alberts, or Citrico's that I mentioned before will probably have fewer children than other hotel restaurants. Victorian Alberts actually has a policy that children under nine are not allowed. When families are spending their time at the theme parks, it will be quieter in the lobby. There should be ample opportunities to find quiet romantic time for yourselves. And I will say that romantic is what you make it. And I think no matter what resort you're staying at, you can find romantic things to do. I would agree. It's whatever you and your partner, I mean, it could be taking a walk. It could be sitting together and eating. I mean, whatever it is, that's up to you to make it romantic. Doing some s'mores around the campfire. They have a lot of campfires at places. That's still yeah. romantic, yes. it's cute. Or even one of the movies, you know? that they do at night. As for the kid-friendly angle, this is available too. Families with children will not feel out of place. Besides the theme parks, there are a number of activities for children. Special ticket and reservation required, including a Wonderland tea party. Make sure to request an activities flyer at check-in so that you can see what is available during your stay. There are often outdoor movies in the evenings and children can enjoy the pool, boats at the marina, and video games at Arcadia games, but fair warning, I'm, I'm pretty sure that all the arcades are currently closed because of COVID regulations. So if you're traveling to the Grand Floridian or any resort for that matter, um, I would expect the doors to be closed to the arcades. And I think you're right. So I did want to talk about a few room specific amenities and services that we haven't talked about so far. Vicki, can you share those with us? Absolutely. So. 
One of the, uh, the services is nightly turndown service. Is it available? The answer to that is yes. And if you get this service, Stephanie, you better take pictures. <laughs> the Grand Floridian does offer nightly turndown service, but it's not provided in a standard room. Oh, sorry. Oh, can't get it. Oh, it says unless you request it. If you oh. like this service each evening, they'll come between 5.30 and 9.30 and housekeeping will turn down your beds and leave you chocolates and a Disney themed goodnight note. If this service is not convenient, you may request turn down at a specific time. Also, what's um, nice is there's robes in the closet and I have seen these before. There's two very nice robes that, that are left in the room for you, they're adult size, of course, to wear. Some people wear them to the pool or you just use them inside your room. If you have children in your party, you can request children's sizes and oh my gosh wouldn't lucy look cute in one of those oh my not so that teddy cute. wouldn't but i think you know she's just so girly that would be so cute a very polite note reminds you not to take the robes home but they do invite you to visit the sandy cove gift shop because you can purchase them there if you want to which i know is a big deal for people a lot of people like to get those robes and those are hard to find now you used to be able to buy robes a lot easier than you can you know what i mean like the kind that kind of robe yeah so i guess Turndown service. Are you supposed to be there for turndown service? No, like, no. You're like supposed to be out of your room. Well, I mean, if you, they said you could set a time if it wasn't working with your schedule. So you, you want to be out of your room, tell them come because I'll be gone. Yeah. So when I come back in my room, my bed's ready for me. Yeah. And I read something um, that said that the chocolates were shaped like Mickey heads, which wouldn't surprise me at all. Oh yeah. All right. So now we're gonna transition to dining options. And Stephanie, what do you have for dining at Grand Floridian? There are lots of options. First of all, we have the coveted Victoria and Alberts. It's the dining centerpiece for the Grand Floridian, um, if not all of Walt Disney World. Ultra elegant with a menu um, selected daily by the chef. This is really hard to get into. Like it is one of the things that goes goes quickly and people aren't gonna give it up if they get it. So make sure that you are booking those like the moment that you can. Mm -hmm. Then we have Citrico's. It's an upscale expensive restaurant with Mediterranean cuisine. There's 1900's Park Fair, a character buffet restaurant that features American cuisine. At breakfast daily, a time can be had with Mary Poppins and friends and at dinner you can dine with cinderella and her royal family that's a hit yeah we did that one with my kids and so they we. were so excited because we did the breakfast one and it was alice the mad hatter and mary poppins and those aren't characters you see especially the mad hatter i think he would be very rare to find in the parks but they were so excited because there were gummy bars i'm sorry gummy bears on the buffet for breakfast. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. I don't know. I don't think this has changed. Um, we haven't reported on it if it has, but I don't believe this restaurant is open currently. They are using the seating in 1900 Park Fair for Grand Floridian Cafe. Like they're spreading their people out so that they can accommodate more people right now why it's not open. That makes sense. A lot of the character dining is not open right now. And so this, especially if they're unmasked. And so Mary Poppins and Cinderella are unmasked characters. So they don't have any unmasked characters at character dining experiences. Right. So this one is not open yet, but hopefully by my October trip, because I want to do that Cinderella and Royal Family at 1900 Park Fair. Is that the one you did, Vicki? 
I actually did breakfast like um, Sarah and the Mad Hatter spent probably 15 minutes messing around with my kids and taking random pictures and stuff. Oh, fun. He was hilarious. Stephanie, if they do it, you need to do the one where Cinderella and the prince come down the stairs and dance in the lobby and little kids are all dancing, you know, waltzing around. It's just the most adorable thing, but I don't know if they're doing that right now. Oh, yes, I definitely need that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Narcosis is another option. It's a signature restaurant featuring seafood with steak and chicken entrees in a waterside setting, open daily for dinner. Then there's the Grand Floridian Cafe. This is the one that Vicki just mentioned. Um, it's a kind of a casual restaurant featuring Southern cooking, salads, and sandwiches. You can also enjoy lunch. So that's breakfast, lunch. <laughs> <laughs> or you can get some dinner. Um, and then there's Gasparillo Island Grill, which is a 24-hour takeout, quick service establishment with the usual assortments, you know, burgers, hot dogs, sandwiches, chicken, ice cream, all that good stuff. And then they also have the Enchanted Rose, a lounge on the second story themed to beauty and the beast. You can enjoy signature cocktails, wine, and um, beer, as well as tapas and shared plates. And that's a relatively new place because it used to be um, Meisner's, I think, was the name of it. It is beautiful. The pictures, like, we went there at Christmas time because we took my mom to Grand Floridian Cafe and we took some pictures and it wasn't open yet because it only opens like at four o'clock or something. It's like a nighttime restaurant or whatever or a bar, but it is beautiful. And so we've eaten at the Grand Floridian Cafe. Um, and if any listeners listen to the show very long at all, we are my family's favorite. They will tell you is the lobster burger. And Joey and Brad are known to order three between them so that they can have one and a half for each of them. But um, my other favorite thing that they have at Grand Floridian Cafe is it's like a sampler dessert platter. If you can't decide what dessert, they have these little like bite-sized ones on a plate. So you get to do a little sampler of it. That is a dream come true right there. Mm -hmm. So which restaurants, I know you said that you, is 1900 Park Fair, what other ones have you been to, Sarah? Um, that's it so far, but we do have plans on our next trip to escape Magic Kingdom um, and maybe do a couple lunches at either the Contemporary or Grand Floridian since you can get there very easily. Um, so that's an option too if you're interested in trying these and maybe you can't get that reservation in the park that you're looking for, then you know you could slip over to Grand Floridian and go to Gasparilla Island Grill or the Grand Floridian Cafe and um, take a little break from the parks. And it's a great time to do it too at lunchtime, considering mm -hmm. that the parks are really busy at lunchtime. There's lots of people there, there's a crowd. Um, and so just get away and go somewhere and relax where it's less crowded. Yeah, so if you, um... I'm sure we're going to get to this, but you could eat and then they have that nice beach area where you could sit in a beach chair and your kid could even take a little snooze on what, you know, in one of those beach chairs that's out in front of Grand Floridian and have a nice view and then feel refreshed and go back to the park. Yes. So let's keep going with those dining questions. Sarah, can you give us a little bit more information about some of the dining options? Sure. So some have asked where they should go for a no fuss meal. For that, the best 
option is going to be Gasparilla Island Grill. It's a 24 hour a day quick service restaurant featuring pizza, bakery items, sandwiches, salads, snacks, ice cream, yogurt, and pizza. And given the elegance of this resort, many guests often have questions about the dress code and whether they need to wear a dress or jacket and tie to eat in the restaurants. Jackets for men are required in Victoria and Albert's, neckties are optional, and fancy attire is suggested for the ladies. Citricos and Narcuzis require a business casual dress code. For example, no swimwear or tank tops. So you might wanna pack a little extra for these places. At other restaurants, casual is in. Although the surroundings may make you feel like dressing up, families in theme park wear are often the norm, which is absolutely the case for 1900 Park Fair. We skipped in there for a breakfast reservation before heading to Magic Kingdom one day, and we were in athletic shorts and t-shirts. So don't worry about it at those places. And if you're looking for character dining, like I mentioned, 1900 Park Fair hosts a character breakfast and dinner. Breakfast typically features Mary Poppins, Alice in Wonderland, Mad Hatter, Pinocchio, and Geppetto. And we even met Tigger there once, which was kind of cool. Dinner features Cinderella and friends, including Prince Charming, Lady Tremaine, the evil stepmother, and Anastasia and Drizella, the stepsisters. There are also some quite special events and entertainment to be found at the Grand Floridian that Vicky can tell us more about. Yeah, there there is actually special events and entertainment everywhere, but it seems like the deluxe resorts um, go above and beyond what we're regular, what we're used to at the Value and Moderates. So, is anybody up for tea? When and where is it? I imagine this would be amazing for Stephanie and Lucy and for um, Sarah and her girls to do this. The Grand Floridian afternoon tea features a variety of rare teas, tea sandwiches, scones, and berries with champagne, which makes me—you do not have to dress up. I'm saying it would be so cute for you guys to dress up as mothers and daughters and go and have your little tea with your girls. How sweet would that be? Oh, get matching outfits. Right. Well, I mean. Kaylee would probably still do it with me, but it wouldn't be the same. Um, ultra nice Royal Dalton China, too. It's served in the Garden View Lounge from 2 to 6 p.m., and reservations are recommended. The Garden View Tea Room is on the first level and serves afternoon tea every day, as well as a princess tea with Princess Aurora several times through the week. You'll just need to check the schedule with, you, with the Grand Floridian um, concierge service, I'm sure. Princess's makeovers, while they have these at the Magic Kingdom, and they have them at Disney Springs. I don't think that a lot of people realize that the Bippity Boppity Boutique is also located on the second floor of the main building of the Grand Floridian. It's a princess makeover for kids ages three to 12 and reservations are required for this. A portrait artist is available daily, five to 10 p.m. between Garden View and Sandy Cove in the main building and no appointment is necessary. A special Mickey cake is available through private dining. You can order at least 24 hours in advance. The price is approximately $40. Now, everybody's wanting to know, where can I watch Magic Kingdom fireworks from the Grand Floridian? Because we keep saying that's like the best view. So if you don't have a room with the Magic Kingdom, there are still some great spots for you to go. You can go to the beach or the boat dock and still be able to watch the fireworks. Also, I know from eating at the Grand Floridian, you have a pretty nice view if you're by the windows in that restaurant as well. And I believe they'll pipe in the music too, even on the beach. Yes. So you can hear yes, it and do. see it. <laughs> yes. Um, and then there is something that Sarah alluded to earlier, and that is the electrical water pageant. 
The pageant is held each evening on the Seven Seas Lagoon, and it can be viewed from both the Grand Floridian Beach and the boat dock. And the pageant usually passes the Grand Floridian between 9 and 9.20, but you can check with the concierge service and they'll give you the exact times so that you can make sure you make it. Now, is that canceled right now? I don't think so. I, I believe I, it was there when we were there. Yeah. Really? And just so you know, if you're taking the um, walking path from Grand Floridian to Magic Kingdom, there's a bridge that you have to walk over and that is that bridge can come up and that is where the electrical water pageant comes out each night. So the Grand Floridian is going to be the first stop of the pageant tour of Seven Seas Lagoon. And I believe it also goes to the Poly, the Contemporary, and Wilderness Lodge. Yeah, it's very cool. How can I get married at the Grand Floridian? Well, I'm already married, but I do know people want to know this. So the Grand Floridian <laughs> has the fairy tale wedding pavilion on a private island off the resort. It's very cool to look at, by the way. And I believe you can get in there during the day if you just want to get a peek at it. Obviously, there's camera so don't do anything dumb it has a near perfect view of cinderella's castle and it can hold up to 250 guests and the characters are available to attend your wedding if you would like them to you can book packages and include just about anything that you would like for your wedding as well as your honeymoon and you can call disney's fairy tale weddings and honeymoons for more information if you watch that on disney plus you can see all these amazing weddings that they've done um just make sure that you have a big pocketbook I was going to say, when you said, how can I get married at the Grand Florida? I'm like, well, you can get married there if you are loaded. <laughs> That's one way. <laughs> well, you know what we were saying is, you know, anybody can, um, that, that was a long story today that I don't have time to get into, but anybody can marry you now. You can go online and get one of those certificates and ever, you don't have to have a minister or you can bring your minister with you and do it on the beach. Who's going to stop you? I wonder if anybody has done like an, an elopement and walked into the parks in like in front of the castle and you had your officiant there and two witnesses and you got married that's what kaylee said she was going to do because it seemed like the better plan yeah much cheaper they're not going to throw you out because they want the publicity yeah so is there a spot the grand floridian of course there is it's named <laughs> senses it's a full-service spa with 15 treatment rooms and everything from a rejuvenating citrus facial and herbal wraps to a couple's massage. Even young spa goers can get the VIP treatment. The organic and vegan product lines are an appreciated touch and the membership at the health club is free to resort guests for the length of their stay. The spa is open from eight to eight each day and schedule treatments as far in advance as possible as you can. So you need to book those now, Stephanie, for you and Lucy to go get your little <laughs> treatments together. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? But that one's probably not going to happen. Maybe some tea, definitely <laughs> the bippity boppity boutique, but yeah, probably not as well. So that is a lot of stuff, but I'm sure there is more. And Stephanie, do you have more that you can tell us that's available for people to do at the Grand Floridian? Um, I just recently looked. I know you're we looking at, at the tea, um, but I don't, nothing that comes to my mind that other resorts don't do. They still do things like, the, the movies and they still do the um, the s'mores and the fire pits and all of that. So they have that kind of stuff, but all of the resorts kind of have that. So nothing, nothing too extreme or out of the ordinary. Can you highlight the pools and the available recreation? Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about those pools. The pools are pretty awesome. There's two pools at the Grand Floridian. The original larger of the two pools is called the Courtyard Pool, and it's open 24-7, weather permitting. 
there are no lifeguards at this pool. It is a large pool and it's about 300,000 gallons located directly behind the main building. The other themed pool is the beach pool. The maximum depth is four feet, which includes a rock waterfall and water slide. It's located on the south end of the main building. And the beach pool also has like a zero depth entry access, which means that there's no steps going down into the pool. You just wade right in. Great for kids so they can run right in without tumbling over and falling in. Um, or wheel in a wheelchair right into the water. There are lifeguards, lifeguards on duty at this pool. In addition, there's a pool bar nearby that's open from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Um, then there is the recreation for of the resorts. There's the two lighted clay tennis courts that are available to the south of the resort and the private tennis lessons available for $80 an hour from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Then we've got the junior tennis clinics daily from 4 p.m for children who are eight, uh, six to eight, or at 5 p.m. ages nine to 12. These clinics are $25 per child. Rackets are available at no extra charge, so you have to call for reservations if you wanna go ahead and do one of the junior tennis clinics. Then we have the recreational watercrafts that include the sea racers. They've got sailboats, they've got water skiing, and those are available to rent at the marina from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Then of course there's the jogging, there's volleyball courts, croquet, there's swimming that are all available as well as unique shops. Lobby concierge in the main lobby can provide other suggestions of things to do. So Sarah, can you wrap things up for us with a few final tidbits? Sure thing. So jacuzzis, are they available? And if so, where? Some Grand Floridian rooms have an in-room jacuzzi as part of its features. We talked about that earlier. Um, beyond that, there's a spa, or as some people call it, a hot tub, located at the courtyard pool. Can you walk from Grand Floridian to Magic Kingdom? We answered this earlier as well, and yes, you can. This is pretty new. Um, it opened not too long ago, and it's gonna take you about 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how fast you go. And I told you earlier that the electrical water pageant goes in and out through that path, um, and the bridge comes up. So if you're happening to be coming or going around that time, you might have to stop for the bridge. So just be aware that could happen. But it's a bridge and a show, so yes. it's not the worst wait <laughs> that you have to do. And I'm wondering if there's other equipment or boats that they um, also move through there. It might happen. Um, and so what if you have a few extra dollars? Where can you go to shop? All shopping is located in the main building. And here is a list of some, but maybe not all of the shops. Sandy Cove Gift and Sundry Shop is on the first floor. You get gourmet gifts, fine chocolates and candies, and Grand Floridian logo merchandise. Curiouser Clothiers on the first floor offers men's and women's designer clothing, such as Tommy Bahama and Ralph Lauren Polo. Um, so maybe you need a few extra, extra dollars in your pocket yeah, for these for items. Real. Um, M Mouse Mercantile on the, is on the second floor near the monorail station. It has Disney souvenir items, including children's apparel, toys, books, pins, and watches. 
Sarah, I had to laugh when you said, what if I have a few extra dollars? If you're staying at the Grand Floridian, you might not have any extra dollars <laughs> by the end of this trip. But if you did... Yeah, we need to add an extra show about how to budget to stay at these places. Right. So worth it, though. Yes, absolutely. Um, so what is that neat-looking building off to the side of the parking lot? That is the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa Convention Center. It has 27,000 plus square feet and includes a grand ballroom as well as eight smaller rooms. The business center located there can assist with any typing or copying needs if you have to do a little business while on your Disney vacation. Wow. So we knew that resort was exciting and had things that we didn't even know about until today, or I didn't know about all of them for sure. Well, thank you, Stephanie and Sarah, for helping me dive into the Grand Floridian. Um, just another one of the deluxe resorts that is on my bucket list. Um, I know it's at the top of Kaylee's bucket list. It's a big controversy at my house because my kids fight between when I grow up and have lots of money, I'm going to live, um, Kaylee's going to go to Grand Floridian. Joey wants to go to Polynesian. So <laughs> it was a lot of fun for us. And I hope that you guys learned a little bit. If you need any more, of course, you can reach out to us and we will do our best to find out anything that you might not need to know about the Grand Floridian. A few final reminders before we sign off. If you're interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, all you have to do is email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. And please remember, if you'd like to book a trip, um, doesn't have to be at the Grand Floridian. It could be at any of these amazing resorts that we will be talking and sharing with you. Uh, you can get that free quote by going to yourstorytravel.com, clicking on the agent tab, and then choosing Vicki, Sarah, or myself, Stephanie, for just $200 You for the refundable deposit. You can hold your reservation. We can get you those park reservations and get everything on, get everything going for your trip. It'll be super exciting. Check us out on our social media accounts, yourstorytravel.com, our Facebook page, The Mousecapades Podcast, or on our Your Story Travel TikTok account, at Your Story Travel. Be sure to listen to Wednesday's show as we dish the latest rumors and news and chat with the gang. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, The Mousecapades Podcast. Well, everybody, I think it's about that time. Disney love. May all your dreams come true. Have a magical day, my friends. <laughs>